Welcome to another episode of The Illustrious Gentleman, the place where comic book artists and top blokes Scott Garleski and Ryan Cody talk about life, work, comics and booze. Follow the show on Twitter at TIG underscore show and online at www.tigshow.com T-I-G-S-H-O-W dot com Don't forget to let us know what you're drinking while you're listening to the show. Go on yourself, big man. There's a fuck. There's a fucking asshole over there. Yeah, just there's nothing good about where I'm at. But <laughs> there's an asshole over there who always works on his truck, and I think he always has it running. So maybe he's trying to tune it every fucking day for a couple hours. I don't know. But there's always like a diesel truck over there running, just so I can just hear it all the time. At some point, it's gonna be fixed, right? Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. You are not in cardigan country, my friend. No. Well, this is my Norwegian cardigan, so I'm happy about this one. Did what? Uh, yeah, my dad said it looks like a, like a Norwegian fisherman kind of wears this when he's out. Oh, okay. So that's like its nickname. It's not like you went to Macy's or whatever, and the guy said, can I help you today? And you said, I'm looking for the Norwegian cardigans. Yeah, not. I don't want the Finnish cardigans. I want a Norwegian cardigan. <laughs> right. No, this is a thrift store, but I like it. It makes me feel like. Like you were talking about, you like to smoke pipes. I feel like I should be sitting there smoking a pipe. When it's I very this. Christmassy. It it makes me think of Christmas. It's probably just because of the pattern across your shoulders and chest. There, they're kind of snowflakey. What's the What's the name of that part of the country, like or world? Lapland. Lapland. Does that sound right? Lapland. Yeah, that's a thing. Like, where is the, this? You know, the Nordic area of the world. I think there's something to do with a word called Lapland. Okay. Yeah, look at that. So, uh, Lapland. Real-time fact-checking. <laughs> is that the website you went to? Is Lapland a word? Is that what you typed in? Uh, no, I just Googled it. But uh, it, it's Finland. That's Lapland. It's Finland. Oh, okay. So this is not a Lapland sweater. It's the northernmost region in Finland. Oh, okay. Well, well I, I think I got like a Nordic thing going on. but I guess Everybody I really just learned something. Yeah, there you go. Okay, uh, let's learn something else. Uh, oh, oh, oh uh, the Kickstarter. Unless we're going to set a record, well, this is going to, this episode's not coming out for a couple of weeks, but unless we're going to set a record for hitting your goal with the fewest number of backers, <laughs> uh, hope, hopefully by the time this comes out, other people have hopped over to uh, Kickstarter and uh, typed in the illustrious gentleman and, and looked at some of the stuff we're offering and maybe back it. And then uh, hopefully I only have to talk about it for like two or three episodes and then we're done. So uh, yeah, if you like the show, go to kickstarter.com. Type in the illustrious gentleman, and we have some flasks which I'm which I'm wishing I'd never even put up as a reward because I don't know if, I don't know if the, I mean if one person buys one I have to buy a minimum of twelve so what? unless we get twelve yeah so unless we get twelve backers on the t-shirts and twelve yeah pull that shit down flasks, right now I'm gonna be having extras uh, the flasks we could I could sell at shows sure so I can travel with those but the t-shirts I made exclusive only to the Kickstarter. So if only like six T-shirts sell, I'm gonna have six extras. So well, just like I, I want like... a flask, but if I go on the site now and back at the flask level, you're gonna have to order twelve of them. I don't want to do yeah. that. Yeah, I might wait through the weekend 
and none of this is relevant at all because when this comes out, it'll be two weeks from now. But I may go over on the weekend and remove that tier and just put in the shot glass tier. But we'll I think see. I just said flask level. That was hard to get out. Flask level. Flask flask level. Flask, flask level. Flask it's, level it, it's the back to back law sounds. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a sounds like a villain in like a James Bond. Movie. Yeah. Like flask flask level is off the ch- you know he's going crazy again. I still think we should have done a podcast-a-thon where we just did a 24-hour show. I could still I could put that on as a stretch goal. We could do a I don't know what I don't know how we would do it would be a live stream on YouTube or something. Yeah, but when are you going to when are either of us going to have tw- when when can we how are we going to tell our families like look, I can't do anything for the next 24 hours because me and Scott have to talk for four people on YouTube. <laughs> so- so my son would understand (laughs) yeah yeah my kids would probably understand too they're like oh it's not on twitch you know they they, you know they want it on twitch but that i don't know what that is yeah it's a thing okay so uh what are you drinking today scott oh did did you did you did you reload are you still down to four beers no i i did not reload first though i'm scott he's ryan this is the illustrious gentleman podcast where we talk about comics art and other shit no i didn't reload um, I'm still down to the four and it's going to be three in a second here. I, I went through them. I should start paying attention to this when I buy them. I went through them today looking for the lowest ABV cause I got shit to do. Uh-huh. Uh, one's a 10, one's a nine, seven. Oh. Uh, so I went with the four, two. Mine's a four, two also. Ooh. Uh, Easy. mine's, I don't know how to say this. I could probably look this up. Uh, Anderson, I know how to say this, but not this is bad radio. Anderson Valley Brewing Company, Blood Orange Ghosts. So I'm yeah. having another go at the ghosts. Yeah, Anderson Valley Brewing. They had that uh, that uh, barrel aged uh, bourbon stout that I had. Probably. Oh, that was them. Five, six, oh yeah, five, six. I saw that yeah, yeah. it was a wild turkey, right? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that on the website, and I was like, oh, yeah, that might be a thing that I would like. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not expecting anything. I mean, it's got no. a, it's got a, it's got a bear in the river on the can with antlers. The bear's got antlers. I don't, That's is weird. this a real thing? I mean, I mean we have no. the jackalope down here, but in right. yeah, they're northern rain regions, bears. rain bear? Did you you just made that up? It's good though. Sounds like it could happen. That's one horny bear. Ghosts are, uh, I think ghosts are like fruit forward types of beers, right? So uh, we looked this up once, and I've already forgotten. Um, yeah, who cares? From what I can remember, yeah, they're akin to like a wheat beer. They're just really cloudy yeah. and. So speaking of pointless beers, I'm still on this fucking diet. This is the last week, so next time we re- we record, I'll be off this diet. And I've been plat I've been plateaued for like a month, so I should have been off this diet a while ago. That's a pretty color beer, by the way. Yeah, it's uh, it's Budweiser yellow. No, oh. uh, you can't really see it with oh. the the shadow behind me. Yeah, but holding it up to the light here, it's it looks like piss beer. I'm distracted by your handsomeness, so I can't really pay attention. This is the last. This is the last week. I'm gonna. Oh, yeah. Cardigan times I'm going two. too. So this is the last. Uh, yeah, this is fascinating because no one can see what either of us are wearing. It's the Cardigan similar. Brothers. It's a similar pattern, though. 
And it's and it's a, it's the similar style. We got the high collar. We could out. be the Cardigans cover band, the Norwegian Cardigans. Yeah. Fuck Lapland. We're Norwegian. Okay, so this is the last week I'm on this fucking diet. Which oh is my pointless. god. But So I'm drinking uh, a 32-ounce. Uh, I want to call it a bomber. I don't know what else to call oh it. Oh god. Of natural light, which yeah. I never... So I didn't go to college. Fuck no, sakes. I went, to, I, I went to art school. But that'll come up later in the show. But I didn't go to college proper, so I never really got into like college beers, like Natty Light or whatever. So I'm trying it tonight. It's I forget I forget what it is. It's 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 like three carbs per twelve ounces, so it's pretty good. It's only four point two percent. I take it back. It is. Uh, You're right where you belong. So I uh, <laughs> so I did my metric. The Beer Advocate Untapped and Rate Beer Metric. And this comes in at a whopping 1.59 out of 5 is how it's rated. Uh, uh, uh. But And then there's always, you know, when you go to Beer Advocate, there's people who, like, you know, have stupid shit to say about it, tell stories. So I got one of those. Oh, it smells awful. I got one of those. So I'm, I'm going to read it for you guys. Some Beer Advocate Theater. This is from Mickey's Wasp. 97. <clears throat> I sit down with an ice cold can and only the purest thoughts of alcoholic absolution <laughs> run through my mind. Cracking open the top and listening to the hiss of the carbonation, I'm immediately transported to a land of verdant rolling hops and ice cold mountain streams. Indeed, this is a beer meant for kings and gods. That much is apparent from the outset. A routine pour reveals a beer steeped in ineffable majesty. The cascading golden lager results in sumptuous suds with a head that literally begs for a deep, long drag from the dry gulch of the thirsty everyman. That guy should write comics. Did you taste it? Did you taste the gods? This is, uh, this is bringing me back to like drinking 40s of like Oldie and Mickey's when I was like 19. Ugh, man. I, many, many years ago, um, we took our beetle, our our beagle, our dog puppy to. Uh, oh, I thought um, you had a pet. Beetle. An obedience class. It was inside a PetSmart or something. Um, and w- there were only like four or five dogs in the class, and one of the other ones um was owned by some hillbilly guy who named his dog Natty after the beer. You sure it wasn't? No, he. he no, he made sure to tell us that it was. Oh, that was after the beer. Oh, I thought maybe it was a female dog, and he named no. it after Natty Natty Gan and her adventures. No, he liked Natty oh. Ice so much. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, I can tell you from the first sip, it's not good. This is probably the first time I've ever had it. It's not good. I mean, I grew up drinking not good beer, like you know, I've drank plenty of High Life in my day and shit like that. But we'll see. I mean, I'm only like an ounce into the 32 ounces, so maybe it's going to get 31 times better. So if anyone's still with us, we're, let's get to the yeah. topic of the show. Comics game. Uh, my idea was uh, let's give advice to people and try to tell people how to live their lives. And you came up with a better option of was uh, what would we tell our if we could go back in the past? What what advice would we give ourselves? Yeah, yeah. I, I think wrote, I don't know what. Yeah, I think so, because I think. Yeah. My thought was, well, one, I don't 
really want to give people advice. I don't like it when people give me advice. Unsolicited advice, anyway. Uh-huh. Um, right. And I feel like that's kind of a lot of what we do, is just offer advice on things. Specifically, like, comic and work-related and stuff. So okay. we've probably done a lot of that in past episodes. Okay, so this is uh, advice we would give advice we would give ourselves if we could talk to our go back to tell our 21 year old self i don't know why i'm having a hard time saying this Ad, advice us at our age would give ourselves at 21 if we could yeah it's the flask level yeah yeah if we could really get the flask level working and we could transport advice back in time what would we tell our 21 year old selves and then i thought it'd be funny before we start flask real level. quickly flask level is uh well, why don't we tell our our listener what we were like at where were you in your life at 21 what if you went back what would you find i guess what i'm like now without kids i suppose were you were you married at 21 i was not but i was with my wife at the time oh okay um gosh eh, so yeah not much different i mean i was still drawn all the time uh updating my uh geocities webpage with all yeah. my my cool coming soon comic ideas that never came soon no they didn't come at all yeah were you did you have roommates or were you living with sam then or what were you 21 doing? i turned i would have turned 21 in my first apartment so i had a roommate at the time my, I was living in Paradise Valley, I think, because work was right there. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I, so I had an apartment in Paradise Valley, and uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, was living in Tempe. So I would drive to her condo after work. I get out of, I work second shift at Kinko, so I'd get out at like 11. So at 11 o'clock, I would drive to Tempe every night and stay there and then i drive back to my apartment during rush hour in the morning and do whatever it was i did until i had to go to work at like three o'clock so i i probably drew probably spent more time not drawing yeah just updating that geocity site about what you were gonna draw yeah and i had the little page view counter at the bottom <laughs> paid, yeah. t- paid a lot of attention to that yeah oh not much changes um (laughs) yeah that's funny when i was 21 i was working at zia records and i was just telling this story the other day to my mom like i like to be the guy who closed because i had i was able to work the least amount with the manager because the manager always the manager always opened right right so she worked till five and the closing crew came in at four and worked till midnight so i would only have to spend an hour with her so I like to close and then she didn't like me. And so like her way to punish me was to put me on the closing shift. And I was like, I love the closing shift. So <laughs> me, me and my friend, this guy, Paul at the time, uh, well, I guess his name's still Paul. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were friends at the time and uh, she didn't like either one of us. So she would put us on the closing shift together. But we were technically like the managers, right, of the closing shift. Key holders is what they call them in retail, which they don't want to pay you to be a manager, but you do everything a manager does. And uh, so 
this guy Paul and I would close every night, and then uh, we would, you know, count the money, count the drawers, put the money in the safe. We would always send an employee over to Circle K to buy us a twelve pack of beer, usually Miller High Life, because it was four ninety nine a twelve pack. And then that was part of their job. Like they were on the clock for that. Like we could like, go over <laughs> Circle K because at that time they, uh, you couldn't buy alcohol past one a.m. So. We closed at midnight. If closing took longer than normal, you know, we'd have to send someone to get our beer for us. And then uh, I would go to Paul's apartment, and Paul and I would drink until like six a.m. And then we'd pass. I'd sleep on his couch. I'd get up at like ten or eleven. I'd go home, take another nap, get up at like three, go to work at four, and I did that every night for like nine months straight, just hanging out, you know, watching MTV two, getting drunk. That was. That's what life was like when I was 21. Um, yeah, we had my, a, um, a Circle yeah. K across the intersection. Um, and we didn't go buy beer, but we had a bottle of vodka. So we'd walk over there and fill a thirst buster thing like halfway with Mountain Dew. And then just the rest would be smeared off or something. Yeah, although when I was 21, my uh, at some point during 21, because that's how math works, uh, my ex, my girlfriend at the time got pregnant. So during my 21st year on the planet, I knew I was going to have a son because my son was born when I was 22. So 21 was a weird year. Like I got fired from that job. I moved to two or different places, two or three different places with friends. So it was like a weird, weird thing. But a lot of it involved drinking and kind of hanging out with friends and that's what it was when i was 21 yeah that's no, what 21 no, no, is no future plans no i had nothing nothing in the chamber other than working at a record store slash papa john's because that's after i got fired from the record yeah. store I went yeah to job. yeah i mean all my other friends were uh i guess they would have been what, juniors in college at that point by the time i was 21 so i was just working at kinko's and updating my GeoCities website. Yeah. And that's actually, I mean, I, I tell people all the time, when I worked, I'm gonna I mean, search this, is back, this is back in the mid-90s, but when I made five seventy-five an hour in the mid-90s, that's when I had the most uh, extra money in my life. Rent was cheap. Everything was cheap. Like, I could just go do whatever I wanted. It was never like, oh, I don't have money to go do that or whatever. Uh, so, kids, if you're listening, you know, take advantage of that time. All right. What are you Googling right now? I was just searching for my website. It's no longer oh, there. GeoCity okay. shut down, didn't it, a couple of years ago? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was always a Yahoo company, so I think they right. shut down. Right. I think I got an email at one point saying, if you want to archive, you got to archive now because we're shutting down. Oh, that's right. Down. That Oh, so I still have a Yahoo email address somewhere. Yeah. I wonder what it was. Archive somewhere. Okay. So uh, 35 plus minutes into the podcast. I have two categories. I have advice I would give on life and then advice I would give specifically towards comics or having a career in comics. Um, I don't know how you broke yours down. Yeah, kind of the same thing. Okay. So what's your first what's your first piece of advice to a young were you using Scotty God back then? Like were you totally in No, I No, I didn't use that until I got Gmail because at that point you had to be invited to have a Gmail account by another Gmail user. Uh-huh. So my wife had gotten one, and she was Sammy God. So I thought, oh, well, I should just be Scotty God. So that's the origin of that nickname. Oh, uh, okay. 
At the okay. time, I hated being called Scotty. I just, everybody used it. It's kind. Of, it's kind of who I am, you know. You know? Yeah, it's better. It's good. I've embraced okay. it. Okay. All right. So, uh, what? what uh, okay. So. Piece of advice. Okay. Yeah. So you said life advice and work advice. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, the life advice is mostly what I yell at my kids about. Yeah. Like, uh, well, I guess one that would pertain to me specifically that I don't really talk to anybody else about is don't worry so much. I spend a lot of time worrying about everything for no real reason. It's just how I am. It's not because things are bad or could be bad. I I just wouldn't worry so much. I'm sure, I guess, between in the 15 years between then and now, I, I probably... I'm not sure at this point how many years I've lost off of my life over stupid shit like that, but I, I imagine it's not insignificant. Yeah, I have a very similar one. I uh, I also wrote in a, in a with the same thought processes. I wrote uh, to don't procrastinate. I put this actually for both categories, work and life, but just stop procrastinating because I've noticed mm-hmm. that when I procrastinate, all it does is it causes anxiety and depression and it, you know, like uh, if I don't deal with something, then I can't sleep. And then the next day I'm tired and I'm, bu- and I'm mad at myself because I didn't make that phone call or I didn't deal with that one problem. And then I just won't deal with it that day. And then I wouldn't deal with it the next day and it would go on forever. So just recently, I mean, in the last like year and a half, have I learned to kind of like, Oh, just call your student loan company or just make answer that phone. If you know, you owe a bill, and you know bill collectors are calling you. Just answer the phone. And then if anything else, you can just tell them, like, I don't fucking have it. You know, I can't pay you. Quit bothering me. <laughs> As opposed to just, like, not answering the phone. And then every time the phone rings, you get, like, that that, that pit in your stomach. And, uh, but it, you it gotta goes block into, that number, yo. Yeah. It goes into, like, always being angry. Like, right? Like, so if I'm, if I'm full of anxiety and I'm full of depression because I didn't do something I know I should have done. Then I take it out on my kids and they say, they ask me a question and I'd snap at them and I yell at them. And it's so it all, it, to me, it all goes back to just, I don't know, just, just uh, don't put off, don't put off problems if you don't have to. And I would tell, I would give that advice to my old self. I'd give that advice to my kids. Yeah. Just deal with things when they come. Um, and, and to apply that to comics, if you know, you're going to be late on a deadline, don't lie to your editor or lie to your, uh, you know, your co-creators or the people working on the book and tell them like, oh, it's coming tomorrow. If you know it's not coming tomorrow. Uh, I still kind of do that shit. Like I got to mail out like 10 fucking packages tomorrow because I told people it'd be done this week. And technically Saturday is still this week. (laughs) But I mean, I had like, I've had all that shit since Monday. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to tell yourself you're doing the best you can when you know you're not doing the best you can. And you're just lying to yourself and you're pissing yourself off and you're going to be bummed. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I sort of do that with my kids. It, I don't know. I feel it, I tell them a lot. I say, I start something with, you know, it took me, nobody ever gave me this advice and it took me a long time to figure out. And so I'm going to give it to you now. So you have a head start. I, I say that a lot before I, you know, yeah, dish out whatever it's going to be. Um, oh, I do. Yeah. And, and yeah, I feel that way. I, I feel, I mean, 
I feel like I was ill prepared for a lot of things. Um, I guess that's nobody's fault but my own. Uh, I I never thought about stuff. I never considered tomorrow. I mean, what twenty one year old does, right? Well, the um, problem is it's, the problem is when that twenty one year old becomes thirty four, thirty five, right. thirty six, and they're still saying like, "Oh, I didn't expect that to happen." Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at um, that point, it's way your fault. Yeah, and it's it's hard because like so you you give your kids like that kind of like uh, you know you set them up before you give them advice. For me, it's the same, but I always say like I don't like I see you potentially going doing what I did, and I I'm trying to just head that shit off the path. Oh yeah, it's not yeah. Gonna, you know, so it's like I don't. So most I don't know how other parents deal with it, but I I parent by a way of oh fuck I don't want them to do what I did. So I'm going to try to do whatever I can so for them to make the right decisions so they don't do what I did. But it just comes off like me being an asshole 99% of the time. But it's just because I don't want them to be... Do you think, is that your perception of you or do you think that's their perception of you? Well, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, I grew up, like my kids at times, not that we've ever been that bad off, but there have been times like, oh, if I don't get paid today, if I don't get paid today... I can't go buy groceries or rent's going to be late or this bill's going to be, this thing's going to be, this utility's going to be shut off. Like that's happened to me only in the last, like maybe two years have I finally gotten to the point where, you know, I might not, you know, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's not just paycheck to paycheck. It's minute to minute. A lot of times when you're not making the right amount of money, sure. or you got bills or whatever. Yeah. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to set my kids up so they don't have to deal with that when they're in their thirties. So when I see them goofing off and, you know, whatever, and getting a C instead of a B or, you know, a B instead of an A, and I'm like, no, if you get that A, then you can get a scholarship and then you don't accredit, you know, you don't get that five, like that A could be the difference in thousands of dollars of debt, you know, for student loans or whatever. So, but kids don't fucking care. And when I, up until I was like 40, I didn't fucking care. Yeah. And I I think it's unreasonable for them to expect for you to expect them to care. Right. But they, they've had hardships already in life when they were younger, especially. And I don't want that to continue, you know, and it's, you know, it all, it, it's all selfish. It all comes down to a reflection on, on yourself. Right. So like if my kid is still living to paycheck to paycheck when he's 40, it's cause I did not prepare him to be an adult or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then my at, dad, my, at, my, at, my, at 40, it's his fault. Yeah. But my parents prepared me to be a very, responsible adult and i still wasn't so there's there's x factors there that can never be taken care of oh okay so i think one of the things i was gonna piggyback on oh you were saying don't procrastinate uh yeah um especially when it comes around to homework time it's um you know fourth grade homework is is not anything and has to be turned in every friday so he's got four weekdays to do it and it's nothing i mean he's a smart kid if he just sat down and did the shit he'd be done with it in five minutes and could go whatever do whatever he wanted and i and i feel like i've just recently learned this lesson like in the last six months would i say i've really only just gotten this where the easiest way to get something done is just to do it the yeah. hardest part of anything is starting. It, it, it's not that way for everybody. 
but it's that way for me. And I see a lot of me and my kids. So yeah, the, the hardest thing to do is start. So if you want to get something done then just fucking do it, you don't think about it. Yeah. You just do it. You'll be surprised at how quickly it gets done. Yeah. We were driving home last night from uh, black Panther and my, my youngest son, who's not that young. He's 14. He was kind of, I could see him. I could see him cause we had to sit through the credits and I could see him kind of like exhausted, kind of dozing off, you know? So on the ride home, he's like, I'm just going to go to bed when I get home and I'll study for my test in first period tomorrow. And I'm like, what are you supposed to be doing in first period tomorrow that you're going to be studying for a test in second period? (laughs) But then part of me is like, I do that. Like, you know, I did that in high school. Like, but but still, like you see, I don't know. It must be nice to be like a such a such a great guy that you see traits of yourself and your children and you're proud. But I see traits. (laughs) I see traits of myself. I mean, I'm proud of my kids because they, you know, they, they go past what I gave them. They're, they're better than I was. And so that makes me proud. But I see so many traits of myself and my kids and it just pisses me off. And then I get mad at them. I get mad at myself. What's, what's your, what's on your list for work? Like uh, career wise? What would I tell myself work wise? Um, I guess it goes along the lines of the easiest way to get something done is to just do it. But it's to put in the time. I think when you're starting out, especially, but in the work for hire game, it's you're not always going to be doing what you want to do. Uh, a lot of the jobs, you feel like you're just slogging through, and you're looking for the fastest way to get something done, because you don't want to do it. So whether that's procrastinating and then you don't have any time to do it, or you hate the job and you just don't want to do it, um, but to put in the time to do it. So yeah, it's not about. I don't know if it's an effort thing, but but the actual time, sitting down and giving something the time that it needs. Um, I I think part of like um. You know, one one of the things, uh, the advantages, I'm making air quotes with my fingers, of working digitally is the time-saving aspect of it. Uh, I'm not entirely true or certain that that's true, um, certainly of everyone, but or just in general, I don't know that that um, is really a thing. Right. Um, but people think that going digitally will just save them time just just because it, that way of working or that comes with that way of working and i mean i i certainly thought that i can't tell you whether or not it's true but yeah just put in the time do just sit down and do it that's all i guess yeah i have it's not very I have two notes that are very similar. It's funny. Um, so I'm going to combine them. So uh, you have to be willing, just like you said, you have to be willing to work hard, right? So I, you know, and then I follow all these thoughts up with where I'm at currently. So I sometimes feel like I don't accept that. Like I I have this weird thing that when I got the office and I'm trying to stay on my wife's schedule, I had this weird thing where like, I'm not going to work weekends. I'm not going to work nights. I'm going to make it work from nine to five or it's, you know, whatever. 
that's kind of bitten me in the ass to where maybe there's weeks where I don't get as many pages done as I want to. And in this business, that's hundreds of dollars, you know, that then, that then you tell yourself like, Oh, I'll just do an extra page next week. But that never happens. Right. So yeah, that's tough. I, I go into every week or every month saying, I'm going to do this many pages this month. Right. So I know how much money I'm making that month. But then once you fall behind one week, you're not catching up unless you work nights or weekends. So, you got to be willing to work hard. And when I was younger, I did. And when, you know, it's easy to do. There's There were years there where my wife worked in a different city. And so part of the time we didn't live together. Those nights were easy to work from home. You know, I'd stay up till midnight working those nights, not having a problem because I don't have any other responsibilities. My kids are fed. They're in bed. They're teenagers, you know, teenagers or whatever. But now that I'm home every night with my wife, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy who works nine to five, spends time with his family to to apply it to my current self is I got to be willing to work hard from nine to five. And then also put in the work, you know, draw more. Uh, I feel like, like you're saying the digital thing. I feel like since I switched to digital, I'm actually slower, but I keep telling myself like, Oh, it's just cause I got to get caught up. I got to learn, you know, I've only done like 10 or 15 pages digitally. So I got to learn, I got to get into a flow. But as I get older, I feel like instead of becoming more confident and fast, I'm getting slower and I'm second guessing more things. Um, so yeah, just be willing to put in the work and do the work and think of it, think of it as work. If I went and talked to myself when I was 21 and I said, Oh, you're going to be drawing comics when you're 42, that dude would be like, that's fucking rad. And then I'd be like, no dipshit. It's harder work than what you're doing now. Like you should really be really appreciating what you're doing oh, now. Yeah. Cause that's, it's, it's work. No, doubt. it is work. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, um, 21 year old me would probably be surprised at I guess the amount of work that it is I was going to say how difficult it is but that's I don't know that that's the right word of all of the professions in in difficulty it's probably on the lower end yeah we're not building rockets or but um, but no it is a tremendous amount of work people don't I think appreciate I, I guess what it takes to do this and do it well and by what it takes that sounds stupid too um i don't know it's it, you know that anybody doing this would nod their head and say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you know people that yeah. just buy the books are like what the fuck are you talking about you're just drawing pictures all day it's much more work than it is skill yeah there's probably something to that i think there's a lot of skilled guys who I mean, the best comic book artist ever probably doesn't work in comics because, it, you know, he might not have he might not want to do that work. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, I whereas, mean, whereas yeah, there's people who are hacks who have careers because they're willing to work. Yeah, I suppose. I, yeah, I was I watch a lot of uh, YouTube tutorials now about working digitally. So, you know, it, recently, obviously, it's been a lot of manga studio stuff, but it also like digiting digitally inking and making your own brushes and shortcuts and this and that and the other thing and um there's one particular channel with a gentleman who does a lot of these and who isn't very good and it sort of personifies the those who don't teach sort of yeah thing yeah uh-huh and um yeah and and 
he had one video where he was answering questions and somebody um and he was talking about um uh and somebody asked about the process like what what kind of uh settings on your brushes are you using and so his thing was oh you you guys are asking about this um and it, it makes me think like you knowing this stuff you think it would just make you better like right away just doing what i'm doing but you know it leads me to believe that you guys just aren't putting in the time to really improve right. your craft and get better and but he's terrible so him right. lecturing other people on this is but he's got a point he's not funny. wrong oh yeah no it's just coming from the wrong person yeah and that's that thing about one advantage to start going way back one advantage to working digitally is uh, laying down textures with brushes like you know you don't, now you don't have to have the perfect brush to lay down a nice dry brush texture you just select it from a menu and it all your textures look great that is the sure. advantage yeah 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 yes um i i guess it saves time in that regard but i mean you're still using all of the different tools as anybody else you still have to know how to put them together in the same way you're still using all the different muscles right you there's just shortcuts built in there that you don't have when working traditionally yeah can we call it something else too i think that was like our first episode or something is how i hate the word traditional oh well i mean i'm gonna find another word for that I'll, i'll ruminate and come up with something else okay do you have another thought about like work or what's um, next what do you what do you got well what's i, I guess it comes with putting in the time is to enjoy the journey that's it's i guess that's also a life thing but that's, Ooh, that's that's bullshit good. but it is bullshit it, but it's good it, it if you can't find ways to take pleasure in the pieces of the process then it, getting getting the result which is the thing you want the most is to be at the finish line. It's going to take 10 times longer because you're going to be fighting yourself in the process the whole time. Yeah. That's, that's some good stuff in there. I do feel like the thing you want most, as soon as you start a project, all you're looking forward to is finishing the project. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially if it's terrible or if it's just not something, you know, that you enjoy. Yeah, it, it it it's it's going to take a whole lot longer if you can't find some joy in something. That that's a goal of mine. Uh, it's not a conscious goal, but it's something I remind myself of from time to time. It's not to be such a miserable prick all the time. To, um, what something I yell at my kids about a lot is choosing happiness. So the four-year-old is sitting on the couch, and he's got his cup, and he drops his cup on the floor. And then he flops on the couch and cries and tells me to get his cup. And I'm just like, it's right fucking there. Just you bend over and you pick it up. And he's just screaming his head off. Just choose to be happy. Right now you're choosing to be upset. There is no problem. You're making a problem where there isn't one. Right. Fix it. None of them do that. The 10-year-old doesn't even do that. Yeah, there's two ways to look at every situation, right? So... You could just be like, oh, fuck, I don't want to draw this cover for this book that no one's ever going to see that's bullshit or blah, 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 or the idea sucks or whatever. 
And then the other way to look at that is, you know, you could be, you know, working the midnight shift somewhere that you don't like or, you know, why are you bitching because you're sitting at home in your underwear drawing comics? Learn to appreciate, maybe. You always have the right to be unhappy, I guess, complain about whatever circumstance or situation you find yourself in. I, I would never tell anybody just to to shut up and or or it. Yeah, to uh, I would never tell anybody how to feel, but there there's there are better ways to do things, I would say. So, yeah, just sitting around and being unhappy and upset because of a circumstance you find yourself in that's easily remedied and totally within your control is garbage and nonsense. And I have no time for those people. Yeah, but I feel like like something I was thinking about this past weekend. I I think I've said it before that I'm a big enough bummer on my own. I generate enough joylessness myself that I cannot tolerate it in other people. Yeah, you have less tolerance for it in the outside coming from the outside. Yeah, in in this bubble, we are maxed out on (laughs) bummerness. Yeah, on just sourness and yeah yeah so i i cannot take it from other people i i get i i go from generally grumpy to um aggressively upset when i'm around other people who are uh, a downer you can try to make the best of it or you could spend four hours bitching about it or you could spend one hour making the best of it i don't know if i'll ever learn that lesson though even though I know it, you can know things and not apply them. I mean, that's, we all do that, right? Okay. So one other thing I have on here, I have don't go to art school in both categories. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's personal. Um, one thing I have in here that I think if people know me, people who, or people who know me, they probably think that, oh, like, oh, this is going to sound like I'm bragging. I don't want to do that. I hear a lot of times like, oh, Ryan knows everyone in comics. Like Ryan knows a lot of people in comics or whatever. But I really don't. So one of my notes was I would spend quality time, not just bullshit time. I would spend quality time forging more friendships with other creative people. Right. So I have a lot of friends in comics, Facebook friends, stuff like that. But then when I go to cons and they're at that show, I don't make it a point to talk to them or hang out with them because I feel like, oh, they don't want to hang out with me. You know, they have they have better people to spend their time with. They're not going to want to hang out with me. So I don't even go say hi to people. That, you know, on social media, we would have conversations and, you know, we daily we'd interact on social media. But maybe at a show, if they're two rows away in a different aisle, I won't even go say hi because I'm like, oh, they don't want to see me. So it's a lot of it's self-doubt, but I would spend more time developing that sort of friendship level where I could text somebody. I could text, you know, a peer or a colleague or a, a friend or whatever, you know. Um, I don't really nurture relationships that way. They have to be forced on me almost like uh when you and i met it was just easy it wasn't work a lot of my friendships in comics aren't work they're just the other person makes it easy mm. and I don't, yeah and that's I don't the think, that's the burden yeah. of being an introvert though yeah um which i which most guys are in our field i mean there are yeah it, it would take a lot of a lot of effort to do that 
Um, I mean, there are guys like like Shannon Denton that are just it, it, it they they don't even think about it, you know. Uh, right. Shannon will see somebody he knows and he'll run halfway across the convention floor, you know, just go tell him hi. Right. That's how it should be, though. The rest of us get yes, in our, we get no, in our, we get I, in our heads. Well, I don't know yeah. if that's how it should be, but I, I, uh, you know, there's part of me that's that's envious of that sort of, uh, um, personality trait. Yeah. So I, yeah, it, it's just like I tell my. So I use the term, especially with my wife, I use the term social bullies. Like I wish I was more of a social bully. Um, Shannon can sometimes be a social bully, but it's in the best possible way. Like everyone I know in comics, I pretty much know because of Shannon, you know, like, like if I scroll through my, if I scroll through my phone, anyone, any pro whose number I have in my phone is I met because Shannon introduced me to them at a dinner or whatever. And a lot of pros aren't like, a lot of pros aren't like that. A lot of pros would be like, Oh, I'm going to dinner with so-and-so. They wouldn't invite me to go with them because I would be, newer or less or, or they don't know me or it's just like slumming you know but shannon's never like that shannon will always invite me to dinner or, or you know whatever and so everyone i know is because of him and so i envy people like that like and i'm friends yeah. with people like that you know i'm you know if i meet someone new and they're they're forcing me to interact with them you know by the end of the night that's someone i consider a friend but I, it's i didn't have to do anything so right, i like right. being in I, I like being in that situation i wish i was more like that but yeah, I think in this industry, I don't know about other creative industries, but I know in comics, if you're going to have a, you cannot have a career in comics and be a complete fucking asshole that no one wants to hang out with. No, it's way too small. You would have to be like Travis Charest or somebody. You would have to be that good to be a complete dick to still get work. And we're, we're seeing that starting to change. Yeah. So you got to be easy to work with or at least not a complete fucking piece of shit to have a career in this business. And since I am an introvert and I, it's hard for me to maintain those relationships to the the extent that I want to, I would basically kind of tell myself like, it's probably better to be the weird dude where people talk about you and like, Oh, you know, everyone, Ryan thinks everyone's his friend. It's probably better to be that guy than to be the guy who actually has friends in the industry and just doesn't talk to them. I don't know. A little less worried about what people think about you and a little more genuine, I think is the advice I would give probably to everybody on the planet. But especially myself, right? Yeah. That's... I mean, me and you, we both, all the time, we get comments, especially at, at uh, appearances we do together. I, I guess I'm generalizing for you, but I get the comment all the time, like, you look miserable. Yeah. All the time that. people tell me that. I'm not miserable. I'm a nice yeah. guy. Yeah, it, it's it's not, well, if it's at a show, not... it's probably because I am. But generally, it, that's, I don't know, that it, that's just my baseline. So... I may appear that way to you, but that doesn't mean that's what's in right. my heart. Yeah, you, like, you I, have you you have resting bitch face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my whenever we go out, you know, my my wife always, you know, takes a picture of us doing whatever we're doing, and she's smiling in the picture, and she takes it and she looks at it and she, she goes, "Why why didn't you smile?" I'll be like, well, "My face felt like it was smiling. It it just." It just didn't register right. to anybody else's eyeballs. Right. I think I've talked about this before, but I, I went through a phase a couple months ago where I tried to force myself to smile, like going to bed at night, just smile, <laughs> like try, try to go to try to go to bed happy and try to whatever. And it felt so unnatural, you know, like 
smiling when you're laughing, that's natural to me, like having a good mm-hmm. laugh and, and whatever. But just to walk around smiling just seems full of shit. Like that person's full of shit. That's what I think when I see someone smiling for no reason. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Right. Like what, what okay. happened to you? You're right. Okay. You have any other gems there? Um, my advice, I guess, to young comic book creators then would be to vote Democrat. Yeah. Because you ain't gonna have shit. Yeah, if you don't have, yeah, if they if they take away in quote unquote entitlements, which are not entitlements, because if they take those away, you're gonna be working till the day you die if you want to eat or you don't marry up. Oh yeah, the, yes, that's the other one that I was gonna mention. Marry up. Yes. Yeah, my wife and I were talking the other day about like retiring in 20 years and where we're going to live and all this stuff. And the whole time I'm thinking like, it's really wherever she wants to live because it's her retirement. It's her savings. <laughs> it's her, you know, like I don't really have a, you know, I have a say, well, I guess I have a say that's bullshit. That's a bullshit thing to do. But, um, you know, bec- I, I have weight in decisions we make now because I have the kids. So, Oh, we have to live here because the kids have a good school and blah, blah, blah. But in five years when there's no more kids living at home, I'm going to happily, happily, hand over every decision to my wife because she has the job that's going to have a pen. No, this is going to be my retirement. It's going to yeah. be sitting at a table doing commissions yeah. or whatever else I can get. Cover recreate. I'm staring at a cover recreation right now. But yeah, cover recreations. That's where the money's at. But yeah, you're, we're going to be working until we die. There's no, there's no retiring at 60 and traveling and going on cruises and shit. I guess uh, the best the advice is episode. just, the best advice is be really good or work really hard. If you're not willing to, if you're not naturally one of those or willing to do the other, there's no chance for you. Yeah. And don't be a dick. And I don't, I don't think I'm a dick. So I think I got that. Well, those are the, gotta, the three rules we talk about all the time. Be nice to work with, be on time, be good. Yeah. Be, yeah. You, you got to be two of those three to get work. Be, be all three of those and you'll work forever. Yeah. Be one of those and you won't get anything. Yeah. And, and another thing I used to always hear that I never believed until it happened was, Getting your first gig in comics is it's much harder to work in comics than it is to get your first book published. I agree. I mean, I had I think about easiest, that all the time. Yeah. The easiest time I ever had in comics was when my first book was picked up by the second publisher we pitched it to and it was optioned for a movie six months later. Nothing's been that easy since. And that's when I was my worst. Yeah. Going like all the way up until I was eighteen, I was thinking, Oh, how do I how do I break in? And but after I graduated and then you move out and you got a job and you're doing all the stuff, I, I didn't think about working in comics anymore. I just drew. And then, you know, it, it, it by whatever series of events, it, it just comes along. Some editor finds your shit and, you know, uh, and then and then you're doing it. But then I think a legitimate concern and something to really worry about is how to stay there once you're there. Yeah, I, I worry about that all the time. Every day, I think, well, how do I... I, I I'm not thinking about... I, I don't even know where moving up or down means. Well, it, it, I I feel like there's no up or down. You know, I, I, I'm... I'm, you know, whatever. I, I'm just worried about staying where I am. That, that That's what yeah. I, I need to do. That's where my focus is. Yeah, it's... How do I keep the status quo? You don't, there, there aren't a lot of industries where that is the main concern of a lot of people. 
If you're going to make a run at comics, man, you just got to be realistic. I'm just now getting to the point where, not even, well, I'm just now kind of getting there, depending on how much work I do, where I'm making as much money as I was making before I started working comics full-time. Before I started freelancing full-time, I'm just now getting there, and I've been freelancing full-time for like seven years. So for seven years, I took a backwards pay cut while moving to a more, much more expensive city to try to get to where I am now, which is still... I mean, I think a lot of comic guys work poverty level. So you also have to be willing to, you know, how much do you love it or how much are you unskilled at everything else? And that's, that's really what it is. Like I'm kind of unskilled at everything. So I'm barely skilled at comics. So it's like, you know, you got to make that decision and you got to be willing to make the sacrifice. And if you're not the kind of guy who's a salesman who could just go take a sale, a car salesman job or something like that, you're kind of fucked. Like, what are you going to do? You got to be willing to sacrifice. You got to be willing to work hard. I mean, it's not fucking rocket science it's every job on the planet all right i think we've maxed out anyone's attention span who's still here bummer this turned into a bummer i thought it was going to be a positive so it turned into a little bit of a bummer that's okay so uh anderson valley brewing companies something ghosts yeah blood orange you know okay i i've had a couple of these previously i think the ghost style beers and only now i'm i'm starting to think that this it's got sort of the same flavor or flavor profile as an IPA. It, it was really tart, um, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, I like, I would call most IPAs bitter, but this, I wouldn't call it bitter. It, it's are tart and bitter in the same family. So I, I think I the ghost style, I think gives me the things I like about IPAs. It doesn't have any of the stuff that I don't like. So with, it doesn't have that, a lot of weird soapiness flavor that you get with the IPAs. So um, I, I think this is like a three, three and a half, maybe. Okay. It, it was, it was good. I um now that I'm sort of paying attention, I, I think uh, I might seek out other ghost style ales. Well, I'm happy that at episode uh, 67 or 68, you're starting to pay attention. All right. So uh, natural light is shit. Natty, Natty Light is garbage. It is it is terrible. That said, I mean, what what uh, one is you would never drink it again, or you wouldn't drink it if it was free. Because, uh, one is you would never drink it again. All right, so I gotta give it a, I gotta give it a two because even though I'm forty two years old, I will drink any beer if it's free. I mean, if someone's buying a drink for you, you know, you gotta be polite. You gotta drink it. But I would question anyone who, if I was at a bar, brought me a Natty Light. I would question their motives and their friendship level. <laughs> um, but I'm going to give it a two just because, of course, I would drink it again. A free beer is a free beer. And I don't know if there's a beer on the planet I wouldn't drink if it was free. Uh. So. Uh, but it is fucking garbage. It is just the worst. I mean, it's like a 4.2. For that 4.2, you get like a Miller Light. You get a Bud Light. You get a Coors Light. You get much better light beers. Um, this is terrible. So two. <laughs> All right. So a two for me and a three for you. And uh, next week I'm gonna finally be able to drink that um, that La Fin du Monde that uh, Jay Gonzo got me on my birthday. So I'm gonna have a Sweet. good beer next week. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, go to the kick. Uh, go to Kickstarter.com. Search the illustrious gentleman. Pledge, or even if you don't want to pledge, I mean, even if you fucking hate the show, just hit a retweet button on Twitter. It's not gonna hurt you at all. Uh, and mm-hmm. then go to uh, Twitter. At TIG underscore show, at Scotty God, at Ryan Cody on Twitter. Go to TickShow.com for all the uh, immaculate goodness like you just heard. Like It's like uh, 
It's like a sea salt caramel ice cream for your ears is what this podcast is. <laughs> that that sounds like a hipster thing. Yeah, it's good though.